The Cubs had some unsung heroes in 2023. We talk about the biggest one and what in the heck happened to Mark Leiter Jr. down the stretch. We cover it all on this Friday episode next. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Older. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Thanks for sticking around with us this week, first week of the offseason, I want to start the show on a somber note, and that is on Thursday. And I know I know this is a Cubs show, but it's also a Chicago show. It's the Chicago Cubs, and I am a Chicago kid myself, born and raised. And so, um, you know, on Thursday, Dick Butkus passed away at 80 years old, a, a Chicago legend, a football legend, University of Illinois legend um and and that was tough news and the bears actually got a win for him on thursday night but i just wanted to say just really quickly on dick butkus you know he was somebody that personified what i believe what chicago football was about my dad you know looked up to dick butkus and you know we had a couple pictures of dick butkus in the house growing up so you know it, it hits close to home and you know when i think about Chicago sports. I think about when I think about Chicago football, I think about Dick Butkus, hard nosed, tough, just the toughest, tough as they come, blue collar, just everything the city would want one of their athletes and especially their football players. And, and when I think about the Chicago Bears, I think about first thing I think about is Walter Payton, you know, and then not in any order. I think about the 85 team, Gale Sayers, and last but not least, Dick Butkus. You can't think about the Chicago Bears without thinking about Dick Butkus and so much of what is great about the Bears, he personified. So, um, you know, rest in peace to him and, you know, condolences to his his family and uh, a really tough stretch of Chicago sports got tougher on Thursday because he was really a, a, a true Chicago legend. So rest in peace to Dick Butkus. Uh, on a lighter note, it's time to talk Cubs baseball. Um, this is going to be, I think, a pretty positive episode, a short episode. The the, the Cubs, excuse me, by the way, I'm, I'm congested. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling that great. Just got out of a softball game. We won like 14 to zero. The Cubs, the Cubs had a lot of unsung heroes, I would say, in 2023. What I mean by that is that guys who you don't expect a lot of coming through because we always talk about the big high paid guys that don't come through. And sometimes we don't show enough love to the guys that weren't even on your radar at the beginning of the season to be big time contributors. And they come up huge. You know, Mike Talkman. Mike Talkman was one of those guys that, you know, he didn't even make the opening day roster. And by 
September, he was your, your everyday leadoff hitter and somebody that you were really relying on to produce. Now, his season faded, and he was part of the fade that hurt the Cubs for sure, but you know his production and his unexpected production is a huge reason why the Cubs were in the position that they were in in the first place. Um, Christopher Morrell. I, I didn't expect Christopher Morrell to have this big of a season. He was very helpful. His power was was, was instrumental. Julian Merriweather. Um, he was really helpful. You know, you could even say like Steele, Hendricks, you know, a lot of guys. But to me, the guy that really outperformed expectations the most on the 2023 Cubs that I really do believe deserves his own few minute segment on Friday's program is the Cubs catcher, Jan Gomes. There was nobody, nobody that thought less of Jan Gomes' offensive ability than me coming into this offseason. In 2022, if there was a big spot, bases loaded one out, first and third one out, I, I was convinced that Jan Gomes would ground into a double play. He was a double play machine, a clutch out machine, and he couldn't produce, and he didn't take walks. I, I, just, I, I really didn't expect much of Jan Gomes at all in 2023. I understood what his job was, and that was to really, you know, control the pitching staff and be very helpful uh, towards that. But in all seriousness, I mean, Jan Gomes was, you know, as reliable of a clutch hitter as, as anybody on the entire team. And I have his numbers pu pulled up here. He, he, he really, he, he grounded into nine double plays the whole season. That's really not a lot. He almost cut that in half. In 2022, he grounded into 15 double plays. He was amazing behind the dish. Every single Cubs pitcher had a lower ERA with Jan Gomes than they did with whoever else was catching, whether it be Barnhart or Amaya. The team's record with Jan Gomes was much better than without Jan Gomes. And to me, this, this, this speaks to it all. Jan Gomes this season, clutch situations. Runners in scoring position, 280, much better than his regular 267 average. Men on base, 309, okay? Now you go to leverage. Two outs, runners in scoring position, 302. Late and close, 292. Late and tied, 293. Jan Gomes was the one hitter on this Cubs team that not only was it the same hitter he was in low leverage and high, but he got better. He got better in clutch situations. And, and I just think that, you know, when people say, well, the Cubs had a successful year, obviously we know what I think about that. I clap back at that. But they wouldn't have gotten where they got to without Jan Gomes. And I, I think the way he carried himself, he just, to me, was, was the leader of this team. I know Dansby Swanson was kind of the – the insinuated leader when he when he was was brought on, but to me it felt like it was Jan Gomes's team. I mean, I remember when I was at the game the last Saturday of the season. It was a a very it, it was an uncomfortable game. The Cubs were down three one. They couldn't score. They finally got it to three two, but then they couldn't get over the hump. And who got him over the hump? Jan Gomes, double left center field. Place was rocking. Even a couple weeks earlier at home at Wrigley, he got thrown out at second base on a ball that he hit off the top of the wall. He was this close to walking off the Diamondbacks, and who knows what that would have done to the Cubs. And then I thought, 
he, the, the biggest hit. I, th- I thought the hit, honestly, that was going to change the season was on Wednesday night in Atlanta. We were we were tied, runners on the corners, one out. Jan Gomes gets a hit, run scores. Maybe it was first and second one out. I don't even remember. I think it might have been first and second one out. Floats one out in the right field, run scores. PCA gets the third. We're up one, and it felt like, oh man, you know, we're gonna we're gonna win this game, and obviously we didn't. But he was just always getting big hits uh, for this team and and stepping up. And again, Jan Gomes isn't a great hitter. He doesn't have a lot of power, like. When you look at somebody's stats like Jan Gomes, I think his his on-base percentage was in the low, low threes, and he only had 10 home runs. I mean, that combination, he's just not a very talented offensive hitter. And he gave you every single thing that he had and delivered in the clutch time and time again. And I just think that he really should be praised for his performance. And I, I feel very good about where the Cubs are headed in 2024 at the catcher position. Jan Gomes... Three times a week, Miguel Amaya twice a week. Hopefully, Amaya can continue to stay healthy. I know Amaya's numbers towards the end of the year didn't look great, but I like what I see there. I think there's, I think there's some real talent on both ends of the ball there for him, and I definitely think he's more than capable of being a solid backup, backup catcher. Um, and, and that's that's really kind of a job that not a lot of teams have a solid, pos- you know, position in anyway. And I think, I think. Miguel Amaya learning under Jan Gomes uh, will be a real benefit to the Chicago Cubs going forward. So I just wanted to give credit to, to Jan Gomes. There's obviously some other guys, like I mentioned, Talkman and Merriweather and Morell, but, but to me, Jan Gomes was the one guy that really stood out from game one all the way to the end of the year as somebody that really performed um, above and exceeded expectations. Uh, coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about another player that for about 80% of the year was right there with Jan Gomes as somebody that was exceeding expectations. And then he completely fell off right as the team was falling off as well. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's Ibotta into the Google App or Play Store. Use code MLB. We are back here on Locked on Cubs. And I would like to talk about somebody that I was very, very high on in the offseason. And I think overall, he had a very nice season for the Chicago Cubs. And I think the whole theme of this show is expectations versus reality and what you get. And coming in the 2023 season, not only did the Chicago Cubs not expect much from Mark Leiter Jr., but they actually released him. They cut him. They set him on waivers. And every other team in the major leagues did not want him. So he was outrighted back to AAA. And the Cubs and, and me all season said, hey, all offseason, I said, Mark Leiter Jr. could help this team. He's got a really good split finger that's really hard to hit for lefties. And the Cubs don't really have any lefties. I think he's going to make this opening day roster. And that's what happened. And then for most of the season, not only was he on the opening day roster, 
for a good while there, he was the most reliable guy that they had, or at least in the top two or three. Now, most of his outings came against left-handers because he was a reverse split guy. He was basically a lefty specialist that threw right-handed. And his split finger, his split finger fastball was as valuable of a pitch to, to anybody that there was in all of baseball. I remember when I was at the game in L.A. in April, and I was with my cousin, and we were watching the game, and we watched Mark Leiter Jr. come in, and he wiped away Max Muncy. Okay, no big deal. He wiped away somebody else, and then he three-pitch, three splitters, three swings and misses to Freddie Freeman. And I looked at my cousin Scott, and I was like, what is it with this guy? I mean, there's really something here. And for most of the season, there was. And then, right as we started to hit September, late August, he started to lose it. And when he lost it, it was very simple. He lost the feel for a splitter. And at first, it was like, oh, he, he just didn't have his splitter this outing. He needs his splitter. But he never got it back. And, you know, all the nerdy, advanced analytical data backed it up. It didn't have the same break. It didn't have the same spin rate. I don't know what happened. I know, like every other Cubs pitcher, Mike, Mark Leiter Jr. was battling some sort of fatigue and forearm thing. And I don't know. But let me read you Mark Leiter Jr.'s September. Mark Leiter Jr. in September appeared in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 games only. 10 games in the entire month. So the biggest month of the season, Mark Leiter Jr. only appeared in 10 games. He threw seven and one-third innings. He gave up 12 hits. He walked five. And he gave up seven earned runs, good enough for an 8.59 ERA. In games that he pitched, the Cubs were two and eight. He blew a huge save on Saturday, September 2nd in Cincinnati. And he really hurt him. He really, really hurt him down the stretch. And before that, his ERA going into September was under three. It ended up at three and a half. His ERA was 279 heading into the month of September, as valuable as any Cubs pitcher there was. When the month ended, 3.50. And I think Mark Leiter Jr. is one of those great examples of why the Chicago Cubs did not make the postseason. He was tired. He flamed out. And I think I think the lesson here for Jed is no disrespect to MLJ. He was great for most of the year. But you shouldn't be relying on guys like that that are, are that are afterthoughts or outcasts that where, where, where you know you released him yourself. I mean, you, you told us all what you feel about him by releasing him. And then he was one of your three main guys heading into September. And it's like, with all due respect, I don't really feel bad for Jed and feel bad for the Cubs because you cut this guy and then said, oh, you can't use that as an excuse. Or, oh, well, we didn't have MLJ healthy at the end of the month. Well, you cut him in the first place. So go get more guys. Go add more. Add more relief. They should have done that. They should have been able to go into the luxury tax for some relief pitching because if they added a couple more relievers, they would have made it. And so, you know, Mark Leiter Jr., Overall, if I were grading his season, I still think it's a solid B because he was one of the most reliable guys, literally five out of the six months. But his ending to the season correlated beautifully um, with why the Chicago Cubs, beautifully is not the right word, but you know what I mean, correlated very uh, um, easily 
with why the Chicago Cubs did not make the postseason in 2023. So I still don't know exactly why the splitter was lost. I still don't know exactly what he was battling injury-wise, but he just wasn't the same guy the first five months, and that's why the Chicago Cubs, one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons of the Chicago Cubs did not make the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, it is on and running, and there, there was some kind of, I don't know, satisfying news if if you're like me and you don't like a certain team. And so we're going to break down the current status of the 2023 playoffs coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This is where we normally make fun of the Bears, but they did win on Thursday. And and, and with with respect to the great late great Dick Butkus, we will not be making fun of the Chicago Bears today. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We are back here on this Friday episode of Lockdown Cubs. FanDuel was very good to one of my friends today. He had like a $25 parlay, and he ended up winning over like $3,000. So shout out to FanDuel for making his night. It was like a same-game Bears parlay that, he was able to cash. That's pretty cool. Um, let's wrap up talking a little bit of playoffs. I know not a lot of people are into it, and I'm one of them, but the Milwaukee Brewers got swept two games to zero at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and a lot of questions now are going to be asked about Craig Council and if he'll be back. Corbin Burns, will he'll be back. And, you know, I think the Brewers are a really good organization. I think they're always going to be a pest in the Cubs' sides or a thorn in the Cubs' sides, but that was a pretty significant loss. That was a team that was one of the hottest teams in baseball um, throughout the second half of the season. They were able to get to 90 wins. They ran away with the division. And, you know, it it is the nature of these playoff series. You know, the, the, the Rays won 99 games. They got eliminated pretty quick. But but that, that that felt like a really big loss for the uh, for the Atlanta Braves for the Milwaukee Brewers and so I'm really interested to see the ramifications of that. But I was happy to see it happen. Uh, I was also happy to see the Miami Marlins, who should not have been a playoff team. They were extremely fortunate all year. They got destroyed in two games against the Philadelphia Phillies. So in the National League, you have the. Atlanta Braves versus the Philadelphia Phillies. That's going to be a fantastic series. The Philadelphia Phillies and the, and the Texas Rangers are very similar to each other. I think they ended up right around the same record, but they're very dangerous. They could beat anybody. And then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. So in the National League, you have two, two sets of divisional matchups. You have two NL East teams meeting with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Braves. I don't know why I keep saying Philadelphia. We, we, we know where they're from, Sam, the Phillies. It's late. It's late. It's late. The Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, obviously NL West foes. And then you have, I think it's the the Houston Astros against the Twins of Minnesota. That'll be, I'm not really going to watch much of that series. And then Rangers-Orioles will be fantastic. I don't really have many predictions. I'm very excited to watch. I like to see the Braves go. I think they're the best team, and I like watching the best teams play. But I I don't really have much predictions. If If I have to give one on the air... I'll say Braves Rangers. That's what I'll say. Atlanta versus Texas. 
Snitker versus Boshi. I don't really think the Rangers have enough pitching, but I really like their team. I like some of their hitters. And so that's what I'm going to go with. And we will see what happens. I have been in touch with a Cubs player. So hopefully he will be on the show early next week, maybe mid next week. So that's something to look forward to. And uh, each day that passes, it'll become easier and easier that the Cubs aren't in the postseason. And we'll be able to start looking ahead to bigger, brighter, and better things in 2024. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube. And smash the like button for the algorithm. We are also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this has been Locked on Cubs. Rest in peace, Dick Butkus.